Welcome to another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast post game show. Carlin Gay, and I'm pleased to be joined by national or Canadian national broadcaster, Toronto based Canadian national broadcaster, Ashley Dawkins. You can follow her on Twitter at smartash, S M R T A S H, and on Instagram at Ashley Dawkins. Uh, she's here. She's showing up. She's not pulling a Pascal Siakam on us. What was uh, what's going on, Ash? Hey, what's up? I was really into your enthusiasm to start that one. It was a nice change of pace. It is. It, you know what? The game's early. Uh, well, by the time of recording this, it's 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, great mood. Whenever we get a game out of the way this early in the day, of course mm-hmm. I'm going to be happy about that. 104.99, the Raptors win game two. They're up 2 nothing in their series over the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn made it interesting. Uh, they came out with a lot more intensity in game two. Uh, they had a 14-point lead at one point in this game. Uh, and then they battled back when the Raptors sort of flexed their championship muscle and tried to take control of the game. Brooklyn was able to battle back and get into this and make it a, a game all the way down the stretch. They had a shot to tie it at the end of the game. Uh, good defense by the Raptors. And Norm Powell puts the punctuation mark on the win. What are your takeaways from a game two that was a lot different than game one? Well, the first thing is, is that Brooklyn deserves a lot of credit for how they came out in this one. Um, I think that it's easy to be dejected after losing last, especially after making a push in the third and then losing it anyway. Um, It's easy to kind of be overwhelmed by all the depth that the Raptors have. Um, so kudos to them. But honestly, I think it was just another exhibition of that depth that I just mentioned, wherein the Raptors can turn to a number of different people when things are getting tough for them, when things aren't going well. Um, whoever has the hot hand can be the one to step up in this game. And Brooklyn kind of tried to experiment with that a little bit but they're like toronto light in that instance it's like you know you need all of their players to step up and have good games if they're going to win but the players that they have in these roles um are not the caliber of the raptors obviously yeah it's 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 definitely a, a mismatch of talent the raptors are deep they can go very deep into their bench we saw that today they had to call upon Ron ellis jefferson to get him some minutes and and even matt thomas to try and make a shot or two which he did he made a floater uh, that mm-hmm, kind of took the, the lid off. Yeah, kind of took the lid off the bucket there. Um, on the other end, though, my my uh, my takeaway from this one is Brooklyn's going to be a good team next year. Uh, you know, they they get two superstars back into the lineup. Whatever you want to believe about Kyrie Irving, wherever you want to have him off the court, or even in terms of being the uh, locker room sort of oil to water that he has been in at points in his career, he's still a really good basketball player. And I would rather have him on my team than not. And then Kevin Durant, when he's healthy, is a top five player in the NBA. And then you surround them with the talent that we've seen on the floor. Uh, you know, Gary Temple had a great game today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Luau Cabajo is, uh, you know, proving to be a solid contributor. Karis Levert, I mean, another, another game where he has double-digit assists, 11 assists in this one. He had 16 points, 11 assists. If he's going to be a playmaker like he is uh, in this series next year for the Nets, first of all, that helps the games that we know that Kyrie Irving is going to miss due to injury because that's, he's not going to play 82 games. He's just, a, mm-hmm. he's just a guy that's always out with injury. But secondly, it takes a lot of pressure off Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving when they're healthy and in the lineup to not have to do everything on their own. So 
good to see that uh, Kara Silver is able and willing to do that. And then Jared Allen, uh, a stud, um, you know, great defender. There's a reason why they're high on him. And, and in my opinion, he, he's going to get more uh, sort of spotlight shot, you know, shown on him when, uh, when the, the Katie and Kyrie show show up in Brooklyn. More people paying attention to the fro. Right. And last well, but not least. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Joe Harris. That guy gets it done. 15 rebounds today, uh, 14 points. Everybody just expects this guy's just a three-point shooter. I'm going to tell you, um, I, I did his games for the FIBA World Cup in mm-hmm. China. And uh, I, had, I think I had three or four USA games. And he did all of the little things that we saw him do today uh, on Team USA. Because Team USA, obviously, you know, full of scores, full of three-point shooters. He didn't have to do just one thing. So he was rebounding. He was defending. And now seeing him do that in an NBA setting uh, I think it's going to go a long way for Brooklyn. He's going to be a free agent this summer or this offseason, rather. Um, Scott Rafferty, our Scott Rafferty, wrote uh, that the Raptor fans across the board should keep an eye on Joe Harris because that would be a nice little piece that the Raptors could add um, you know, in free agency if they were looking to do that. But Brooklyn should pay him whatever he's asking for because that's a guy that you don't want to let go of, uh, a glue guy. You were going to say something. Well, um, yeah, I was going to say something, two things. So with Karis Levert, like you made really great points about last or next year, but unfortunately it's not going to necessarily help them this year when he's making dimes to people passes that actually make you go, Oh damn. Like while you're watching, because there was a few (laughs) moments where I was like, I didn't realize he had it that crispy. Like that's crazy. But then people aren't going to be able to capitalize on those opportunities. Um, second of all, so Raptors get a lot of kudos for defending him very well today, making his life exceptionally hard and making him have to become a passer instead of the main scorer for this team because um, he was really held in check for a lot of this game. But second of all, Allen, he's a very good player. He's a menace in front of the basket. He makes life very difficult, especially for undersized guards, which we know the Raptors have two of that they rely on a lot when they go inside. So you noticed it early on in the game, right? You have a lot of penetration, dribble penetration into the paint for the Toronto Raptors, but they were not looking to score. They were looking to penetrate and kick the ball out and hope for an open three, but Brooklyn was able to recover quite seamlessly, and that's why the Raptors didn't really get off to a great start. Neither team really shooting well from three overall, as a matter of fact. But then they slowly started to loosen up the Raptors, and they were looking to get to the bucket they were actually looking to score as opposed to draw Allen and then kick the ball for some kind of outside situation but I think it's really difficult for Allen what the Nets are asking him to do which is a little bit of everything they want him to be the rim protector they want him to get boards they want him to body surge they want him to body mark they want him to switch on offense or on defense to be able to cover guards how many times did Fred Van Vliet get get um, have him checking him right? Like Jared Allen versus Fred Van Vliet. Obviously they feel comfortable having Allen out on the perimeter, but no matter his capabilities, that is a lot to ask of somebody, a lot to ask of them, not only physically, just say his stamina is up to par, which it seems like it was right. He was chugging along just fine mentally to be like, okay, I'm switching. I'm guarding the perimeter. I'm coming inside for help. I also need to be a secondary rebounder when I'm on the perimeter. I have to crash the boards as well because my team does need my help. It's just a lot to ask for. And we saw a couple of miscommunications. And I think that that's probably part of the reason is that it takes a really steady hand. It takes a real veteran guy to be able to adapt 
to that many roles in one game. Um, and Allen did it as best he could. But again, that's going to be really tough to, to ask of him for four or five game series. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it is tough to ask of anybody, let alone you know Jared Allen, um, who is trying as hard as he's, he's he gets the uh, gold star for for the effort he puts out there. But you know, guarding, but we don't uh, do participation ribbons we here. We do not. We absolutely <laughs> do not. But guarding a you know a big guarding a small at any point on the perimeter is is, is a recipe for disaster. You're right about that though. Um, you know, the Raptors shot horribly from three point range, twenty five point seven percent. They had okay. nine of thirty five from three-point range uh and eventually you're right they abound they abandoned the three-point shot and started to you know take it to the rack uh and they end up with close to 50 points in the paint um you know other than jared allen they don't really have a rim protector on brooklyn uh so you know he, he could only do so much he had three blocks in this one but mm-hmm. to still give up you know close to 50 points in the paint um is a recipe for it disaster you, you have to stop him one way or the other it seemed as though the Nets had figured out a way to try and neutralize Raptors' three-point shooting. But mm-hmm. uh, if they're not going to stop them getting to the rack, it, it really doesn't matter. Well, and then it's almost like they forgot about Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it's hard to do a scout on a team that is as deep as the Raptors. And I know it's a tale as old as time, and it sounds like everyone's just echoing each other in this Raptors basketball chamber. But the Raptors are a deep team. Okay, so... They know that Kyle Lowry has kind of given the ball to Fred Van Vliet as the main ball handler in this. They're setting double screens for Fred to run off of and try and get open looks. Okay, the Nets got roasted by Fred. I think it was to the tune of eight threes last game. So they have their eye on him. They know what Lowry's capable of. Marc Gasol, not his game. Okay, so we're going to have Serge come in. And then it's like they're chasing Joe Thomas like a chicken with their head cut off all around. So Or Matt Thomas. I don't know what to call him Joe Thomas. Think of Joe Harris. Uh, yeah. Think Matt Thomas. They're chasing him all the way around. And then it's like, well, also here's Norm, who comes into the game looking very, very confident, very sturdy, very steady. Everything that he did, he did with a purpose. There was not a moment in the game where he had the ball where I was like, I don't know if he had made a decision already. He was doing what you want a player to do where they're thinking one, two steps ahead. Where it's like, okay, I'm going to take this guy off the dribble. And if someone comes and closes on me, I already know what I'm thinking next. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but he seemed very definitive on what he was doing. I don't know if he felt the same way. Yeah, and that's the play. That's the the way he had been playing throughout the regular season. So it was nice to see him get back to that. It seemed like every time he went out with injury, he came back stronger and better and more confident than he had left. And today, perfect example of uh, all that hard work paying off and that confidence he found. He, he had some. His handle is a lot better now than it mm-hmm. ever has been, and that yep. has led to the ability to get to the rim a lot more on defenders. Yeah. Uh, um, listen, right. at the end of the day, though, this game was a slog. Like <laughs> this game was <laughs> like a, having to eat a wet sandwich where you're like, oh, this is like my only choice. <laughs> like the bread's soggy. I'm starving. So I'm still going to eat it, but I'm not going to be satisfied even though I'm going to be full. You know what I mean? Like I didn't enjoy the meal. Yeah. But here we are we're not going to find this on raptors nba tv uh, classics anytime soon <laughs> um but there was there was a alternate to uh to norm powell and i said it off the top jokingly of course uh and in talking about pascal siakam and showing up mm-hmm. he played 36 minutes in this one uh finished with 19 points 
got to the line a couple times. Yeah, got to the line a couple of times. And, it, you know, from the, fir- from the moment the game started, it seemed as though he was making a conscious effort to be like, all right, I know I had a bad game. I know people are talking about me. Let yeah. me make sure that they re- I remind them that I am an all-star, that I am still a really good player in this league. He finished the first quarter with 14 points, five of seven from the field. As you said, he got to the line. He dished out three assists in the first quarter alone. Looked incredible, and he kept the Raptors in it when they almost uh, let that game kind of get out of hand very early on. And then he completely disappeared. He, he did not play at well at all uh, three, the, the, you know, the second quarter on. And uh, down the stretch, he, he finally came back in the game after, after Nurse kind of sat him down for a long period of time. Came back in the game with five minutes left. It's a close game. Uh, the Raptors had an opportunity to close this baby out. He had the ball uh, on the wing and was dribbling that thing, the air right out of the ball, and turns it over. Bad possession out of him. And then he get another possession, gets fouled. He goes to the line, misses the first free throw. He shot five of nine from a free throw line. That's not Pascal Siakam basketball. I don't know what it is, um, but he does not have his confidence. Uh, we talked about how confident you know Norm looks. Mm-hmm. Pascal looks so tentative every time he touches the ball, um, you know, as the game progresses. Opening quarter, you know, when, in the first period, Pascal has been Pascal. After that, um, I don't know what it is, but it seems like the first jump shot he misses, the confidence just isn't there anymore. And uh, I, for one, need to see him get back to what he is in the next two games ASAP. Well, especially against a team that was clearly just trying to run and gun. Like we had some LA fitness basketball going on out there a number of times where it was like turnover, fast break, miss, rebound, fast break, miss, rebound, fast break, pass, pass, three point shot, long rebound. There were a number of ugly series. And so you'd think that someone who thrives in the open court and loves to just be on the run, like the gazelle that he can be, um, would thrive in a moment like that. He didn't. The one thing that pissed me off the most, I don't know if I can say that, but I just did feel free to bleep it out if you need to censor me. Um, But the final possession for the Raptors when they only needed two because then they could have made it a two possession game and then Brooklyn would have been unable to tie if they came down and hit a three with like 10 seconds left or whatever it was. Kyle Lowry has the ball. He's dribbling down the shot clock. He penetrates the paint. He gets stuck. He picks up his dribble. He finds Pascal Siakam. Instead of Pascal being ready to shoot with like four seconds left on the shot clock, he defers to OG and Anobi <laughs> for the corner three. I'm sorry. It's not Carmelo Anthony who's sitting out there, who, by the way, no one's talking about, missed a critical shot in their game against Brooklyn uh, for the Blazers to advance when Brooklyn went back and missed the right. shot. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, OG Ananobi is not Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> He's right. not a top scorer all time in the NBA. And on top of that, they were so close in proximity. There was no spacing that the defender is easily able to jump from Pascal to OG, forces OD, OG to drive. He got a shot up. I think it was after the shot clock violation anyway. And now the Brooklyn Nets have an opportunity to – come down, shoot a three, as you mentioned, and tie the game, which they didn't, so it's all well and good. But Pascal, my guy, you know what the deal is. Every single person on the perimeter needed to be ready, hand set, in a, like a low athletic stance, ready to just grab a pass and get a shot off. Or grab a pass, jab step one way, take it into the paint the other way for a nice pull-up J at the elbow, something along those lines. Yeah. He literally was like that guy in the gym who's like new at basketball and was like, um trying to just like ball fake everywhere, high, low, bound, like, what were you doing? That was really disappointing to me because I wanted him to just pull it, get the to, ball and shoot. 
two things off of that. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people listening to this right now saying that you're right, Ash. Um, OG Ananobi is not Carmelo Anthony. He actually shot 39% from three point range. That's all he did this season for I the know. OGster. Uh, and secondly, I think um, I'm kind of mad right now that this isn't a visual podcast because those ball fakes that you just threw at me <laughs> were incredible. I don't think people, uh, you know, at home listening to this right now on the audio version don't get the opportunity to see the ball fakes that Ash just threw. The whole jab step thing that was incredible. <laughs> Listen, uh, I wasn't. I'm not a two time Hall of Famer for no reason. And I hear what you're saying about OG, but more to the point is the distance between them and the lack of spacing. Yes, and you, and not you want him your to teammate take in a position to be successful. So that's fine. If you want OG to take the corner three and you're confident in that, the Raptors are obviously confident in a number of their players do a lot of different things. Then you need to be spaced out more. You, you're more. Your beef is more less about who it was given to, more about the spacing on the floor, and also the fact that hey, Pascal, you you're the you're the dude here. Um, you're how supposed about you? To be. I don't um, think that you think that. Well, he's supposed to be the dude. Uh, how about you according make a who? play? According to the, the pundits. According to who? According who? to the okay. pundits. Okay, who in the Raptors' inner sanctum has come out and said that? Because before. It was like Demar is our guy, Kawhi right. is our guy, right. Kyle's our guy. I don't remember Nick Nurse coming out and being like Pascal's the guy. Yeah, he should be though. He's and the all star. And to be fair, I haven't seen every single one of Nick's scrums and media avails. Maybe he's he said something of the sort. But as far as I know, this Raptors team is all for one, one for all. They're a Musk- Musketeers situation. Yeah, but that doesn't win championships. There has to be a guy. And, and and we've given we here yeah, me and you have right. given Pascal uh, stop it me you, you have don't have take me down Pascal that ship the honor of, of being <laughs> the guy um, so yeah so he's the guy and he gets he, and he's an all star at the end of the day whether or not you believe he's a guy or not he is one of two all stars on this team and he should perform at an all star level that's the standard that we're rating him at we're not rating him at as a superstar he's not Kawhi Leonard we understand that but he's an all star meaning that. When the game's on the line, he should be better in those types of situations. When the game's on the line, he shouldn't go, you know, you shouldn't get one great quarter out of him and then he disappears completely for the other three. Like that does, that should not happen. Yeah, that should, yeah. Pascal, we get ghosted enough in in real life on these (laughs) dating apps in the streets. Like we don't, we need to be dependent on you, sir. We need you to be there for us when we call on you. Damn it. it. That's it. And then after, and I expect a little bit more of him after he got bent, quote unquote benched. I know no one's going to call it that, uh, you know, but he was gone for a long period of time. And that's when the Raptors really made their push Mm -hmm. after uh, Rodion's Karutz nearly dislocated OG yeah, and Anobi's jaw was that? <laughs> with that what screen. The? Honestly, he was like saw, the Rocky villain. If he does, he does. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but in fairness, in fairness, this playoff basketball, I liked it. Because uh, and, and on and on the other side, you know, no harm, no foul. And OG woke up, and so did the Raptors. Honestly, from that point on, if mm-hmm. that didn't happen, uh, we might be talking about a one-one series tie. Um, okay, don't get crazy. Hey, they, their energy was horrible for a lot of the game. They were playing like uh, the Bucks were playing game one of their series where they thought that they could just flip the switch and beat this team anytime and anywhere. Kind of like the Lakers. Kind of like the Lakers. And they'll, well, you know what? We'll get to that too. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was very close, uh, mm-hmm. probably too close for a lot of people's comforts. But you haven't lived until you've seen a Raptor team um, you know, fool around with a team that they shouldn't beat. But here's the thing, though. I think that that was a pivotal game for Brooklyn just because now it's twice that they've made really great pushes and they've still been able, they've still been unable to see a result in it. So I think yeah. that now morale not going to be great. 
You think so? You th- I think it's the other way. I, I really think that Brooklyn will take a moral victory of pushing this series to five rather than getting swept. And mm. that's what's going to extend the series. Obviously, they're not going to get six games. I, I don't think they, I, I think no, their opportunity to get six to games so was today, but they can get one. And that's what I predicted at the start of the series. It was going to be over in five. Um, it would be best for the Raptors to sweep, seeing how, you know, all these games are starting every other day. Mm-hmm. The rest is important. I mean, yeah. it's going to be who's healthiest and who is fittest at the end of the day uh, that I think goes through in the Eastern Conference. So sweeps okay. are important. I'll, I'll allow and that. also, we haven't no, seen it. To get the we've rest. never seen it. In, I mean, we've seen a championship. We haven't seen a sweep. What, what kind From of Toronto? <laughs> yeah, come on. We've never, it's never happened in franchise history. How, how about get one done against a team that has, has Googleable players? Like, you, who, who, who knows who Chris Chioza is? before this series yeah it was touch and go for a lot of us for a while you know we know tyler johnson yeah we know tyler johnson um in the business ash they call that a punch uh people won't really know what we're talking about unless they really know what we're talking about podcast land um chris Gioza probably hacked us there for a second and got us out of there but uh Thank goodness for good old Zoom because we were able to keep the majority of what we were saying. I thought for sure we were going to have to re-record and I was going to text you and say, yeah, we're not doing that over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) I like talking to you, but not that much, to be honest with you. It's going to be a much shorter pod, but uh, you know, we were saved by technology here. Um, So let's move on because uh, we we crushed the Nets roster um, a little too much. It was probably karma coming back to haunt us there. Uh, give me a quick preview, not preview, but something that you'd look for in game three, which goes on on Friday. The Raptors just need to be crisper. They need to come out with intention and purpose. Uh, and I know that I sound like a budget life coach when I say that, but <laughs> those are just the facts. Early in this game, it really felt like everyone was trying to do what they're known for, but not in the confines of the offense or uh, in the flow of the game. Like we're used to Kyle pulling up from three without passing the ball. That's fine. But it just didn't feel like it was the same. We're used to Fred with his sticky handle, just kind of freezing his defender and then pulling up for a jump shot. But it didn't feel like it was in rhythm of the game. So there were all these little things that people were doing, but it just felt like it was a little bit forced, not to mention the bounce passes to Marc Gasol in the post that just were not successful. Um, So they need to come out and just be a little bit more cohesive. I just found that it wasn't at the beginning of the game. Um, certain groups found their pocket later on, um, but early on that just wasn't what was happening. And, you know, again, uh, good on the nets to kind of put a wrench in things. Yeah. Um, you brought up Marcus Gasol. I'm going to say something here that uh, I, I, hopefully people could appreciate. Um, we here at NBA.com, we get uh, highlight emails sent to us as soon as the game is over from, you know, most from every Raptor game, obviously. Uh, and then from games around the league, if, if certain players have big nights, like Donovan Mitchell goes for a 57, we get an email highlight package of them right after the game. Um, today... <laughs> We got an did not email. send you a Gasol pack. We got an email highlight package <laughs> of Mark Gasol. Uh, getting a tech? Was it just him getting a tech and that's it? 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 I, will, I will text you the, uh, the screenshot of it. It is just says Mark Gasol, zero points. <laughs> and and, the, oh the, t- and the, time, the time of the video. 
Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, what, what, that's a, the biggest why bother. Yeah, that's it. it it's an automatic thing. I get it. So but funny. It is hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious to see Marcus Soul. It's like a highlight points. pack of my last five months of life. She's <laughs> like on the couch eating chips, on a chair eating chips, in my bed oh, eating chips. Man. Zero points. Yeah. Zero kills. Zero yeah. fun. <laughs> I'm 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 tempted to upload that to the site to just see if fans will uh will be will appreciate the Marcus Sol highlight pack from game two or low light pack, whatever pack you oh, want to call man. it. It was not a good night for Marcus Sol. Uh he'll be better. Um you're right about the, the Raptors kind of being kind of choppy there in in this game. I'm worried that it might be the same on Friday with another early tip. That game goes uh at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh you catch it on Sportsnet. And in the States on NBA TV and in New York specifically on the Yes Network. Uh, so that's the, uh, that's the skinny on the Raptors game too. Um, other Raptor news that we do want to touch on, uh, mm-hmm. probably a little bit more important than what we've spoken about for the last couple of minutes here, uh, is the video finally surfaced of what truly happened between the deputy sheriff and Masai Ujiri uh, after game six of the NBA Finals. Um, we've heard the stories from both sides, and now we see the truth. Yup, the cold hard truth. So Masai has maintained um, his innocence and in that he was not the aggressor. Uh, mm-hmm. he, the accuser, in, in this case, the deputy sheriff, uh, accused uh, that Masai was actually the aggressor. The video says, "Nah, nah, fam, that that wasn't true." <laughs> That ain't it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised at all because almost immediately after it happened, there was witnesses that came out and were just like, hey, by the way, like, there's no way that this story is legitimate. Meanwhile, this is it Almeida County. The Almeida County Sheriff's Department continued to pay this man hundreds of thousands of dollars and he had the audacity to sue over pain and suffering. Loss of life, loss of enjoyment, my neck, my back, my, you know, the rest. Like he was very, (laughs) he was adamant on trying to make this thing long and painful for Masai. And I will say with everything that's going around right now about social justice, Black Lives Matter, the focus on police brutality, defunding the police, if you didn't comprehend or grasp the notion before, I don't know how you can still be ignorant. At this point, it's willful ignorance because this example specifically is we have a police officer who has a body camera on him that can tell us the whole story, continuing to lie, go on the record and actually take it to court a step further to try and sully Masai Ujiri's good name while knowing that there is evidence that proves him wrong. Right. Well, he did it in an arena full of thousands of people. So if you don't see as a human being that there are police officers that take liberties and they take shelter under their badge, knowing that certain liberties and luxuries are afforded to them because their word is apparently gospel. If you can't believe that, then after this, then I don't know what to tell you. Because it is a clear example of someone trying to take advantage of their position of power and trying to villainize Masai Ujiri. 
suit that you mentioned was filed on Tuesday, U.S. District Court in Oakland, California. The deputy's name is Alan Strickland. Um, he actually grabbed Masai by the jacket. The video shows him shoving Masai and uttering the Multiple words, times. back the F up as Masai tried to celebrate or actually attempted to show his credential, first of all, um, mm-hmm. before getting to the court and finally trying to celebrate with his team. Uh, shout out to Kyle Lowry, who in the end was able to go and get Masai Ujiri. Kyle yeah. Lowry, just, I mean, get him on the ballot for prime minister and uh, <laughs> the next election. I mean, the dude's approval yeah. rating is through the roof in Canada. Um, but again, I, I, uh, I look at this and I, I wonder if Masai wasn't who he was and didn't have the means to defend himself the mm-hmm. way he has, how different this story could be. Um, you know, it's, it's, oh it, it massage just in a good, a good spot to be able to, uh, to actually go through with this and, and clear his name when a lot of people, uh, that are in similar scenarios probably just don't have the means and, uh, don't have the name of Masai Jerry to be able to clear their name. Well, that's the thing. He has the money to hold, to wait it out and to continue to put funds into defending his name and defending what happened. Um, also he has about five million people <laughs> supporting him and watching over him on Twitter and the like. Um, if it's not Masai Ujiri, it's just another black person that's taken advantage of by the system and they absolutely do not get the justice that they deserve. And I really believe that government at various levels really bank on that fact bank on the fact that people don't have the will to fight anymore. They're just like, you know what? I just want it over with and bank on the fact that they don't have the funds to continue in the lengthy process to be able to prove their innocence. Um, the whole thing is infuriating and Masai filed a countersuit and this man is going to single-handedly defund those police. And I am here for it. (laughs) I am here for all of it. And I want to watch them burn. I want to watch it because they had this video immediately and they could have put this all to bed. They saw what happened. Right. And everyone that saw the video and allowed this to continue is complicit in this. And it's embarrassing. Yeah, I've seen uh, there's 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 been cases, though, in the past where you've had hard evidence and it hasn't gone the way that you expected it to go. So we'll, 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 let That's me uh, let's wait and see on this one. Um, but in saying that it did happen in the United States, it did happen in Oakland, California. I just want because of the majority of our listeners, actually, 80 percent of them are Canadian to this podcast. We do have probably I think it's 15 percent listenership now in the U.S. and then a bunch of other countries. I, I saw India pop up, you know, Philippines. Shout out to them. Shout out. Uh, there's a lot of people that listen around the world, a lot of Raptor fans around the world. Um, but in saying that, the I, I know the immediate reaction from most Canadians like, oh, yeah, typical United States. Hello. Let me tell you this firsthand. This stuff happens all the time in our great nation in Canada as well. So, um mm-hmm. This should be an eye opener to a lot of uh, our Canadian fellow Canadians around the world that uh, doesn't just happen in the U.S. So, and let me say one more thing. Sorry, go for it. There has been a bit of subtext about, you know, how did people not know who he was? He was a well put together black man in a suit. Anyone who's in a suit carrying a credential, this security guard should have known. It doesn't matter what you think when you look at someone. He could have been wearing 
baggy clothes, an oversized tee. It doesn't matter what his appearance is. The treatment should not be like that regardless. And that in itself speaks to a larger issue that people that are quote unquote put together should be given the benefit of the doubt. Everyone should be given the benefit of the doubt, right? Like that's that in itself is an issue where it's like, well, he was wearing a suit. So like this person seems like he's a little less suspicious or he's going to pose a little less of a problem. Right. Where it's like, no, we need to stop looking at people based on that first impression instinct where it's like this person doesn't deserve to be treated as well because they must not have standing. Right. Literally he, just based on what they're wearing. He That's could have been in sweats. Too. Yeah. He could have been in sweats. He's still, he's it, still at the end of the day, uh, a human being and should have been treated yeah. with a lot more respect than, uh, than what he has been. But, uh, hopefully he gets justice where, where, uh, fingers crossed everything works out the way that, uh, it is, we expect it to, but again, nothing, uh, nothing is guaranteed in this world. We'll let it play out in the, uh, in the system. Um, this by the way, be a nice fun pod. And it's like back to back times. It's like, let's get heavy and let's get deep. <laughs> like, I want to get back wanna... fun again. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, before we, we talk about the rest of the playoffs, cause I know you're dying to kill me about my, my Lakers. Yeah, I want talk, you to, I Lakers want you talk. to give it up to me. I'm Portland. I do. I, I'm going to get, I'm going to give you that, but I, I brought up the, uh, our, our listeners around the world. So I right. we take some, we never get a chance really to take some time to shut out them out and, uh, uh, hopefully, uh, they actually made it this far into the pod and didn't get, you know, didn't stop when we were crushing uh, Chris Chioza a couple minutes ago. Um, what do you think is the most random country that has, you know, tuned into a Raptors pod table podcast on the regular? Um, I'm going to go with Serbia. Serbia, where the great Nikola Jokic is from, uh, actually has tuned in to a Raptors <laughs> Paul Table podcast, Belgrave, Serbia. Shout out to uh, it wasn't the Sambor uh, where where uh, where Jokic is from, but Belgrave, Serbia. They Close they've listened. Uh, even even the British Virgin Islands uh, have okay. have tuned in to the Raptors Pod Table podcast. Also invite us to your home. Yeah, yeah, we do would the show love, from there, please. Love to be there. <laughs> Malaysia, Papua New Guinea, uh, Turks and Caicos. So people are listening to us on vacation, apparently. Bermuda, Honduras, and the list goes on and on. You sound like um, Matt Devlin. Tanzania, yeah. This every time every time we get a three, I'm gonna just, just shout out some Tanzania. <laughs> some random country that listens to us. Uh, but obviously our loyal listeners in Canada, shout out to you guys for uh, for holding us down. Um, really appreciate that. And uh, all right, Ash, let's uh, it's time to time to open up on me. Um, mm-hmm. I sat here on this podcast and not just this podcast, but my other podcast and me sound system and said that the Portland Trailblazers have no shot against the LA Lakers. I'm a stubborn man, but I'm here to walk that back. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they have a shot. Yeah, of course they have a shot. Even if it's an outside shot, yeah, this, we know this, Dame has range. So outside shot doesn't worry me either. Yeah, they did. The Lakers are in trouble. Um, I saw Portland. Trouble. Di- yeah, they're in trouble. The, I saw this. I saw Portland defend better than they had all season long in that game against the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers didn't even score 100 points against a team that was giving up buckets. To I mean, you and I could have suited up and got 20 on the Portland Trailblazers before this. Maybe game me. One. I don't know about you. Now, well, I would have. <laughs> I would have gave them a solid 10. 
Yeah, um, with ten, you had a ten in ten. I would give. Him, I don't know what ten rebounds. I'm not boxing out. No dimes. No. Oh, dimes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, not, I, I, not rebounds. No. No. I respect you giving me respect like that. Um. But I, I, I mean, I am shocked by the way that they were able to, um, lock in defensively. I mean, Carla, Carmelo Anthony was doing his best, uh, job of staying in front of LeBron James on possessions. Um. You know, Whiteside. When Whiteside is locked in. He is Which isn't uh, often. Not often. He's one of the better rim protectors in the league, and he yep. was locked in in game one. Um, the Portland Trailers are one of the two, few teams in the NBA that can match size with the Lakers. They can put Whiteside and Nurkic out. Uh, and, and Portland even has Zach Collins in the lineup, uh, who's you know a, a big that they can use. I, LeBron and AD could do whatever they want. They're going to get theirs. Um, but who who else steps up for the Lakers? This, Kuzma was was non-existent. KCP was non-existent. Cruz had one play that everyone lost their mind about, but after that, he was non-existent. Standard issue for him, though. Yeah, it, it's it, like it, he it lives really in is. he lives in Lakers lore because of like one play. You're like, yeah, I got him in the All Star game. <laughs> he's he's, he's the type that we get the emails for uh, over at the NBA.com <laughs> team where you get the one play. Caruso <laughs> goes of. off. You check the line. It's like three one and six turnovers. Like what? Yeah. Uh, so I I am uh, ready to walk it back. I, I and and I know it's just one game. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't say like you know the the Bucks Magic series that was like that was the Magic shooting out of their mind and the Bucks just not playing up to their standards. The Bucks are going to crush them the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are, in, are 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 going to be in the dogfight with this Portland Trailblazer team. They just Portland just has so many different ways to beat you, and yep. it's I still think the Lakers will win the series, but I I just don't think it's going to be a short series like I predict. That's all. Yeah, I mean, people are already calling for the Lakers to change their starting lineup and to make adjustments. Um, that's that's panic talk, I think. 100%. I don't think that you can and, – and listen, obviously people are going to over-respond to a situation like this. I'm actually surprised that you're walking it back right now because I figured that you'd have a little, a little more gumption to be like, it's just one game. No you can't here. tell that much. But the players that Portland have are – very good if not elite as well so maybe the depth isn't there but the people that they rely on um there's at least four players that can go off right you have dame cj gary and mellow and actually okay so this is kind of a sidebar to the game itself but obviously one of the big narratives is that oh mellow boy, where and are you LeBron. taking us huh where are you about to take us <laughs> no mellow and lebron <laughs> drafted the same year right right so everyone's showing the pictures of them. And I actually wanted to give kudos to LeBron James because when you think of those two separately, you don't even consider them in the same league. Like the narratives are so different. LeBron is standing the test of time. He's found the fountain of youth. He's better than he's ever been. You better watch out. He's still the king. Mello can barely find a team. Mm-hmm. Portland's like, I guess we'll take him. So the, the juxtaposition between the way that these guys are seen, you know, at the same age and have had the same length of career um, is just crazy because you would think that Mello was one step away from being in a walker the way people talk about him. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was just kind of a stark thing for me. I was like, oh, damn, yeah, like they, they are more comparable than, than you would think. And then having Mello guard LeBron was kind of funny too. It was like a nice nod to that. Um, he was trying his best to be pesky. 
He was. But uh, yeah, but I mean, in fairness, he he always has like it, you know in the matchups they have played in the past, Melo's done. He's always tried to give his best effort anytime he saw LeBron on the other side How to can just remind not? people. Yeah, and that's it. He's you probably know, he's super pissed that yeah. ever. He's like LeBron. He's like that's my draft year. <laughs> 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 We're like yeah okay yeah calm down come on. Um, I I was gonna save my theory that I have going on for this series, but I think mm. you know I'm gonna save space here, so let me okay. share it. I think I, I I do think that the Lakers are going to get past this series, and um, and the only one of the reasons why I believe so is a they're the better team in my opinion. They have two better players in the series when they're playing their top, um, but also Portland I think is going to run out of gas at some point. Like they've they've been in the playoffs for now a month, and by the time we get to a game six or seven, they 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 just won't have the legs to shoot as well as they have, um, you know, so far in this postseason. Like that eventually that's going to stop. But going forward for my for for the Lakers, I uh, I truly believe that this is going to be a, a, a non-title season for them. Right, uh, and this has to do with LeBron James and the way he's been acting. Um, he's got a lot going on. He's a lot on his plate, and he always has a lot on his plate. Like he he always he's LeBron. He's the, the biggest star we've had in the league. But in seasons that we've seen LeBron win the championship. He's been able to focus more on basketball than not. So he's been able to lock in and kind of cancel out the noise of whatever's going on around him and, and the team and, and just give his best performance, even in, in, in seasons where he didn't win the championship. The, the season where he had that great game one in the finals against the, uh, the, 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 the Trailblazers, or sorry, the Golden State Warriors before they got swept. I mean, he had, that's probably one of the best games I've ever seen anyone play. Um, then Jared Smith had to, to mess that up. But <laughs> in, in that season, no one expected him to make it to the finals. He found a way to drag that team through everything and get them yep. to the finals. They had no business being there. That's not going to happen this year. I mean, there's, there is an election coming up that he's very much a part of, that he's trying his hardest to get a lot of people to, to get on board with and, and vote. That's taking up his time. Well, working he's, with the Dodgers, I'm, ass- I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yes. Opening up Dodger Stadium as a place to vote. Yeah. Yes. And he has his own organization that he's trying to educate people how to register to vote and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Meanwhile, he's, he's, and he's locked in a bubble doing this. He has a, a movie coming out that he just dropped a, 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 you know, a, a trailer for. That's pulling at his strings. Misses his family. That's obviously pulling at his strings and a lot of, a lot of other players. Um, and then I see the, the tweets coming out from him, uh, you know, and it, it seems like it's simple stuff. Like, all right, yeah, we're 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 having a Madden tournament with this team, and uh, and, and it's like this, like it's 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 almost like this uh, show of we are okay, we have no chemistry issues. Look at us, we're having fun <laughs> playing Madden in the bubble when they don't have Avery Bradley, they don't mm-hmm. have Rondo. Uh, they know that if they had their full lineup, they probably would be in a better position to chase the championship than they are right now. And they don't have these guys. And they had to call in Jared Smith. They had to call in Deion Waiters last minute. Uh, they had the issues with Dwight Howard before the bubble even started, whether or not he was going to play, and then finally decided to jump in. There are so many things around this team. Um, and then now that they're in the bubble, I, I feel like the, the, the chemistry um, you know, or issues or lack of chemistry is starting to show because you're with your team more than you would have been had you had you been in LA at home when Norman Sagers in circumstances like you would like they don't have to like each other no one has to like each other to Absolutely win a championship not. but if the you're going to be fallacy when it comes to professional sports right but it's it's highlighted more when you're stuck in a bubble with these guys and you have to see them everywhere you you can't get away from. there's no like there's no turnoff 
So, you know, he, he watches the performance that he, he got from his, his teammates yesterday, and then he has to go and, and walk right by them on his way to the hotel and eat breakfast with them and, and, and do all these things. Whereas if, if he was outside of the bubble or if, if, you know, AD is outside of the bubble, they would have their own away time to flip off and go into the zero dark 30 mode that he normally has um, and spend time with his family and remind himself that it's not just all about basketball. But I, I think he just has a lot on his plate. And it's, uh, you could see that he's playing with this, uh, you know, weight on his shoulder. And, and this is reminiscent from this first season in Miami. When he, when he got down there, he tried to be the bad guy. It didn't work out for him. And mm-hmm. then he started playing. And he got back to being himself and started playing great basketball. I, I have a feeling that this is going to end the same way. Okay, let me poke holes in a few things. Go for it. Um, because we wouldn't BS if we didn't disagree. <laughs> so, <laughs> two, so two things. I think that um, a lot of people really tend to overestimate the amount of time that these players actually spend focusing on the upcoming game. So right. I'm not saying that they don't care. I'm not saying that they're not doing film. But when you're at this point in the season, you're not going to the gym every day. Right. You're focused on rest and recovery. You know your opponent. You have the scout. So going forward, it's just one or two adjustments each day, which actually does give you a lot of time to take care of other things, especially if you're responding by email or doing a phone call. And guess what? You'd be doing those things if you were outside the bubble anyway, but you're actually probably expected to be around less because you're in this unique circumstance. So I don't think that the pull on his time is as relevant as you're making it out to be. I'm not saying it's not nothing, but I just don't think it's everything. But don't second, you, okay, go ahead. Okay, second, because he's in the bubble, he actually doesn't need to spend that much time with his teammates, in my opinion, because there are other people that he has longstanding relationships with that he can go and see and hang out with. Did you see Jamal Murray's Snapchat or Instagram story when he <laughs> Denver beat How'd you feel um, Utah and then saw Donovan Mitchell and he's like, this guy just dropped 57 points. Um, like there's people that you pass all the time. Right. How'd you teams feel about that, that though? What, his Snapchat? Yeah. It was hilarious. Super disrespectful, but it was hilarious. <laughs> it, I think I, I, I thought it was funny originally and then I thought more about it and I thought it was silly. I don't like that. Of course you don't, though. You're so serious. What do you... Yeah, yeah. You're in a playoff series. You should be wanting... Okay, so here's the thing. You... It goes one way or the other. Other... Like, one way, you make Mitchell so mad that he comes out with an agenda more so than he already had. The other way, he tries so hard and overcompensates because he's so mad about it, and so you have a one-up on him. To me, it's just gamesmanship. Okay. That's how I see it. All right. And it's going to end one or two ways. All right. Um, but I'm that kind of like I would do something like that. <laughs> so that's I why maybe I'm just. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely. <laughs> that's why I have a problem with it. Uh, um, but do- yeah, just to your theory, I just think that there's there's more going on than obviously we know about that's happening in the bubble. But I actually think that it allows for these guys to have a ton of time, and they actually get pulled in fewer directions because there's not as much fan requirements there's not as many show appearances there's not as many things that you need to be around for pr wise media wise so i think that you actually have more time to to focus in on certain on other things which could include um the games that you're playing and the team that you have yeah i just don't know it's it's it throws off i mean athletes first of all athletes are a creature of habit so this is 
totally throwing off everyone's game day routine. But they've been there a month already, so yeah, that's a new you, habit. Yeah, but it's a new. You're replacing a 17 year habit with a with a one month routine. That's like me saying I worked out for one month and and expected 17 years of bad eating to just go away. That does, it doesn't just happen like that. And then secondly, I I think the they're inside the bubble. They're going to have less distractions. Is could be could go the other way in in the sense that. Yes, he can't do as much as he would if he was able to, you know, travel around and do different things, um, you know, that he's a part of. But Mm -hmm. being in the bubble is sort of like a work from home scenario where, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people that work from home end up working harder because they they feel like they don't have much to do. And this could be the case where LeBron is just answering email after email after email uh, because he has he has the time. Like what else is he doing? He, he's not he's not snapchatting donovan mitchell uh you know, who just dropped 70 you know 57 he on, might be he might one. be but he's probably just sending it to close friends Maybe. close friends list instead of posting it on a story but we know jamal murray has a tough time working his instagram okay okay, okay. Mm-hmm. knock it off we knock know that he's not really sure how technology <laughs> uh, works all right on all occasions <laughs> let's end it there let's end it there i thought oh, we were gonna stay on the that. rails uh <laughs> this was a longer episode than the last one but oh, it was good um, hopefully after game three, we won't have anything else to talk about other than the Raptors, uh, and that's game three. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully we could have a, another happy podcast. Uh, again, Raptors, game three goes down 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Sportsnet is the home for it in Canada, NBA TV, national in the U.S., and locally, Yes Network. Um, NBA.com will have a live running, live diary of the game. For those of you at work, we'll also have the takeaways. And then we will be back here with a post-game pod on this feed. Tomorrow, you can expect a pre-game pod from uh, one of my colleagues, Gil McGregor, either Gil McGregor, Scott Rafferty, or Mr. Kyle Irving, who is now back in the fold for NBA.com. Um, you can follow Miss Ashley Docking at SmartAsh on Twitter, S-M-R-T-A-S-H, and Ashley Docking on Instagram, Ashley pleasure as always you have yourself a great rest of the week and uh, maybe by the time we talk again the series might be over yeah we'll be looking forward uh yeah hopefully um because <laughs> you know, i don't know how many more raptors next games we can uh we can take at this rate well it's not about how many we can it's how many we want to <laughs> true fair <laughs> enough uh again for Ashley Dogging, I am Carlin Gay. We will be back here post-game show on the Raptors Pod Table Podcast. Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. We will really appreciate it. See you next time.